Which is better, listening to audiobooks or reading books? Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is probably something that you've questioned before. You are obviously someone that enjoys podcasts. You enjoy knowledge being conveniently delivered to you via MP3, right? So you've probably thought to yourself, I can just listen to audiobooks while I'm at the gym or whatever. Why would I even bother with book books anymore? So we're going to dive into that subject here. You can check out the article version of this, which is linked below wherever you are listening. While I love normal books, audiobooks are a tool in the life hacker's war chest for high leverage learning and do offer some special benefits. Notably, audiobooks help improve listening comprehension. By listening to audiobooks, one can improve their comprehension by hearing the language. Also, audio learning helps stimulate the imagination, increase reading fluency, and provide a model for proper pronunciation, sentence structure, and proper grammar. By hearing the language, the listeners build their vocabularies. Listening to books provides the listeners with an audio model and reference to pronounce words properly, create proper sentence structure, and improve grammar. Audiobooks improve comprehension through audio cues like tone, pauses, and pacing. So, first advantage, let's talk about comprehension audiobooks versus text books. Readers who struggle often stop and become frustrated when they stumble across words they do not know or cannot properly pronounce. This is all cleared up when a narrator reads the story to them, and they are better able to discern a word's meaning through context. In fact, listeners can listen and comprehend text from several grade levels ahead of their current level. Readers who are slower at getting through a book can now confidently move along at the same pace as their peers. In general, audiobooks uh, can help with increasing vocabulary, improving listening skills, boosting comprehension, improving word recognition, teaching proper pronunciation, modeling good inflection for readers to emulate, motivating kids to consume more books, and helping students to read at higher grade levels. Let's talk about something I like to do, which is audio learning while multitasking. Although audiobooks are not for everyone, they provide the listener with a more convenient way of reading. Because they are intended for 
listening. The audiobooks allow listeners to continue a book, whether they are at the gym, in their car, at work, or anywhere they can use a listening device. You may want to look into the whisper sync function of the Kindle app. That's right, Kindle is not just those devices that Amazon sells. It's also an app that you can just download for free on your phone. And you buy a book. You have to also buy the audio version of the book. And then you can read the book. And then you can switch it over to the audio version of the book. So it's kind of cool. This is how I got through The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand, because it's a long book and I just didn't quite have the time to read that entire thing. Next, we'll mention storytelling. Audiobooks also expose listeners to the art of storytelling. Listeners can hear the tone of the voice change, the different voices of the characters, the pace of the events, and the language of the story. Audiobooks make reading more accessible and appealing to those who have a difficult time reading books. And speaking of storytelling, I want to mention actually one of my favorite things to listen to, which is the Let's Read podcast and YouTube channel. And this is a channel that basically this guy who's got a really great voice just reads different weird, scary, mysterious stories. He finds all these crazy stories, mostly on Reddit, I think. And then he narrates them in a super engaging way. And typically I spend my days listening to podcasts about things like history, philosophy, uh, politics, science, health, etc., and I kind of like to change things up. Maybe, maybe an hour a day I'll spend listening to stories. And it's just kind of a, a cool change in mode of thought. I get out of the abstract and just kind of listen to these, these wild stories of different things that have happened to people. So maybe you might want to check that out. Again, it's called Let's Read on uh, YouTube. And then they have a podcast. Next, I'll mention studies. Countless studies have proven the efficiency of using audiobooks in literacy programs. Forest Grove Middle School, which just sounds like a nice place, doesn't it? Received the International Reading Association's Exemplary Reading Program Award in 2004 after incorporating audiobooks into their lessons. Similarly, Monroe Middle School saw drastically improved reading comprehension scores for years in a row after using audiobooks in their classes. I'll mention disabilities and audio learning. Audiobooks are very helpful in improving reading comprehension as well as listening comprehension in those with reading disabilities like dyslexia. 
they have also been proven to enhance reading comprehension in children with emotional disorders, which I imagine nowadays with the Generation COVID, I think is what they call it, and those poor kids are going to have some emotional disorders. So hopefully they can find good, good audiobooks that suit that suit them. So they have also been proven to improve comprehension in those with aphasia when applied with certain other learning techniques. And I'll mention audiobooks and kids. Uh, audiobooks can also introduce a child to the world of books, listening to books first and reading the story out loud. Children improve their reading comprehension and have a more advanced ability to read than children who do not listen to audiobooks and read aloud. Audiobooks can also help alleviate fear and anxiety in children in the classroom because they take away the need to read aloud in front of their peers. I'll mention language learning and ESL. Audiobooks are also an invaluable resource to people who are learning a new language. In this case, the audiobook should be listened to in short segments of 30 seconds or less. You should first listen to the word or phrase 10 or 15 times, then repeat the word along with the recording. This exercise should be repeated 50 times or so to really cement the unfamiliar word or phrase into your mind. Audiobooks are also great for those who are learning English as a second language. The voice allows listeners to hear proper demonstrations of fluent reading along with appropriate phrasing, intonations, inflections, and articulations. The ESL listener can acquire a broader reading comprehension by listening, by using audiobooks as a way to learn the language. ESL listeners aren't the only ones who can benefit from audiobooks to learn another language. Audiobooks are also helpful to those who wish to learn uh, languages other than English. These audiobooks can help listeners understand the language better by listening and supplementing the audio with reading a text. Although I might imagine that something as simple as watching television or movies in another language along with the subtitles might be a bit more effective. And I also have to mention the disadvantages of audiobooks. There's a couple. So audiobooks, they do have a wide variety of benefits and they will improve uh, listeners' uh, listening skills and reading comprehension. But there's three disadvantages that I can think of. You need to listen twice or thrice for true comprehension, especially if you're multitasking while listening. If you're comparing this to reading a normal book, especially if it's a nonfiction book about some technical or abstract subject, you are really going to need to hit that repeat button on the audio chapters if you want it to sink in. Secondly, 
highlighting and note-taking are not really impossible, not really possible with audiobooks, which is important if you actually want the knowledge to stick. I mean, are you going to listen to an audiobook and then keep hitting the back and repeat button while you are scribbling down notes? I might think that would kind of destroy the point. When I really want to master a subject, I read the digital books, the Kindle books, the EPUB Mobi formatted books on it, uh, about it, on my iPad. And I take oodles of notes, lots of highlights, then I export those highlights and look over them, maybe take some more notes. That's how I create some of those deep dive book reviews that I do. And final disadvantage is that audiobooks are pricey. Amazon's Audible, in particular, uh, price gouges the listener while paying authors pitiful royalties for their service uh, delivering MP3s. I've uh, ranted on social media about this. If possible, buy audiobooks directly from the author instead of giving your money to Amazon and the publishing industry. Also, I'll mention the podcast app castbox.fm has a huge library of audiobooks that you can listen to for free. I love Castbox. They really nailed the podcasting uh, experience. They give you everything that you really need in a podcast app. And then they've got a section of the app with a ton of books. It's a bunch of classics, a bunch of books that are in the public domain now, but sometimes those classics are the best stuff, really. While I'm a voracious listener, the excellent yet pessimistic book, The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains, convinced me of the value of spending time flipping pages, reading the old-fashioned way. One of the points that The Shallows makes repeatedly is that the pastime of reading profoundly structures and restructures our minds. I'll quote from the book. For the last five centuries, ever since Gutenberg's printing press made book reading a popular pursuit, the linear literary mind has been at the center of art, science, and society. As supple as it is subtle, it's been the imaginative mind of the Renaissance, the rational mind of the Enlightenment, the inventive mind of the Industrial Revolution, even the subversive mind of modernism, and it may soon be yesterday's mind. And the book goes on to explain how all of the digital technology that we use, how it has this 
not good effect on our working memory, on our capacity to think linearly and arrive at solutions to complex problems and how this does not bode well for the future and it doesn't bode very well for us individually. So I, in that book review, gave kind of a protocol. I called it the brain rehab protocol, which basically describes different biohacking tools, different habits that you can and should implement to maintain and enhance your working memory. Because, well, it's kind of similar to, you know, in regards to health, we talk about why do we need all of these fancy supplements and all these fancy different health things? Why do we even need to be worried about that? Was your great-grandmother or grandfather, were they really worried about all these healthy things and taking supplements? Well, no, not hardly. They probably didn't give a damn about all this healthy stuff. But they lived in a different kind of world. They were not exposed to all the toxicity that we are exposed to, that we need all this health stuff so that our mitochondria have the capacity to detox so that we can live a long, happy, largely disease-free kind of life. And what happens with the internet, what happens with digital technology, what social media does to our minds is so very analogous. So you'll want to, if not read that book, you'll want to at least listen to the audio book, uh, not the audio book, but the review that I did. I did a exhaustive podcast review of that book and added a bunch of pragmatics to it. I, I lay down a lot of life hacks for you in there. So I do hope that you check that out. I have got that linked on the blog version of this podcast. So you can find it below wherever you are listening to this. I'm Jonathan Roseland with Limitless Mindset, looking forward to a continued conversation with you.